Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Unbelievable. Is <laughs> that that sense again? No. <laughs> I refuse. I'll just keep going and there will be no point. There will be no point for you to end up. <laughs> Minute Tim's flagship podcast, episode 323. I'm your host, Jamie, and sniggering in the background before he's been introduced, that is Stephen. Yeah, I sniggered because he did it to camera there. I just <laughs> out of habit. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm hey, here, yes. And Melly. Yes. And this is audio only. We're going to be audio only during the World Cup because um, we're switching up what we do on the flagship a wee bit, so there'll be no standard YouTube type video. It will be audio only and this week we are launching uh, still talking to camera Stephen uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we've given the production team quite quite literally given the production team a, a little bit of time off here so it, it is audio only yes um, and this week on the podcast we are launching our Christmas appeal and for more information I'm going to hand you over to Martin Melly. yeah we are launching this with Men Matter Scotland they are a suicide and mental health charity in Drum Chapel Glasgow they do a lot of great work in the community and mm-hmm. this year they have asked for donations of toys and food for their low food bank. But of course, that is difficult for people out with Glasgow, so they have got a GoFundMe. So if you can just donate to the GoFundMe, all the proceeds will go to getting families fed or kids toys this Christmas. I know it's a tough time for everybody, but if you can give anything, it would be greatly appreciated. We will close the GoFundMe before well before Christmas so get in there as quick as you can please in time so we can get the kids and hopefully get some food in for people at this time of year yeah it's a, it's a charity that's very close to our hearts Stephen the link incidentally uh, will be available everywhere you can expect it in the show notes it'll be on our Twitter and all that sort of stuff yeah keep an eye on Twitter for it as well we'll get a lot of followers on there so that's probably the best place to for, mm-hmm. to gather the details together and we'll stick it out on there um, it's a tough time of year for a lot of people Stephen um, and it just got even tougher for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst <laughs> um, the wee man's been sacked <laughs> Yes. And um, we were inundated with people tweeting us Some people want an emergency podcast First of all, Giovanni Van Bronckers getting sacked from the Rangers job Does not merit an emergency podcast no, no. Never in a million years What it does merit though is a right good slagging on the flagship <laughs> no, I, I Definitely I, I'm really disappointed I'm disappointed of the timing of it Because the phrase I used on a recent At The Match podcast When they... when It finally become, became untenable When they dropped yet more points against St Mirren I think it was 
I, I wanted a month of turmoil. I wanted mm -hmm. a month of turmoil during the World Cup, during which they would have the bold statements, the arguing, the constant battles in the media, the fans getting more and more impatient. But sadly, on this occasion, they've just gone and they just went and did the right thing and just get rid of the guy before it goes any any further. I did treat myself to, as we record this, it's, it's Monday night, so Sports Sound have already had their reaction mm. to it. Treat yourselves, people. <laughs> you did say that before we turned the mics on. N neither of these guys have heard it yet, but I'm I'm urging everyone within the sound of my voice to go and check it out because Kevin, in, Kevin Thompson's <laughs> Kevin Thompson's performance on it is spectacular. Not only not only does he basically make his own play for the job, he mm. he, he literally says, "I would get more out of these players. I would have them playing." But yes, he did. <laughs> wow. He, he also said that Geo uh, didn't have the sturdy bit at the back of the throat that Walter. Bless him, or rest them did. The sturdy bit at the back of the throat, gentlemen. See, is is thing, that from the Loving Cup? See the, <laughs> see, see, the thing is, right? So Kevin Thompson, Kevin Thompson got me defending Geo here a wee bit. Because <laughs> did Geo Vanny Van Bronckhurst not take them to European final? Yes, he did. Yeah. Right, but Kevin Thompson says he could go one better. Yeah, he could do better than that. But <laughs> my favourite bit as well was a completely unintentional thing. They're, they're talking about how it's, ve it's very rare, as we've been joking about as well, rare for Rangers to actually sit or admit that mm. they're sacking a manager. It's usually... Undignified Yeah it's undignified They're usually moving them upstairs So all of the former managers of Rangers Can all be found in the attic somewhere <laughs> As they moved them all upstairs But they were listing the, the previous Shortest tenures So I think Le Guin is the shortest yeah. And then it would be Caixinha mm. And they, they then just used the sentence So Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is the third shortest manager In Rangers <laughs> history is he, is he not the shortest though? <laughs> is he not the shortest in stature? Um, another man who should be moved up the stairs Or just away from our TV screens Graham Souness <laughs> uh, We spoke about him last week When he was talking about build the On a Breakfast of Champions We spoke about him when he was talking about Building the, the Celtic and Rangers mega stadium Yes yeah. He had a lot to say here, but what I, I think I, I liked the most though was um, Graham Sunnis two days before Giovanni gets sacked comes out and says you need to stick by him, you need to <laughs> give him time. Nobody's listening to Graham Sunnis right no, now. I know Graham's not. been sacked from Sky, right? Mm -hmm. I know he's been sacked for Sky, and now he's like making a play for some sort of Scottish media job, mainly. But it was uh, the writing was more or less on the wall with Giovanni Van Bronckhurst with these interviews just before the, the break when he was talking about I don't know if I'm going to get a new striker I don't know I don't. He, I think he even said I don't know if I'm going to be here a lot can happen in football so the writing was on the wall for the guy but my worry is Melly that they go out and get someone better yeah but as I said to you in the group chat earlier I thought when Gerard left they were getting a better manager than Van Bronckhurst mm. and it's not quite turned out like that yes they had last season but Looking at it last season, Van Bronckhurst came in, I think, six points ahead of Celtic and, what, a January window to come and Europe to play for. And he blew it. He mm. blew it. He blew the league and he's blown it again this year. So getting a manager of the calibre of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, because remember, he was a title-winning manager when they brought yeah, yeah. him in. Now you're going down looking for a manager who uh, Celtic are nine points ahead have only lost one game um, this calendar year domestically, eh, apart from a cup game. So you're looking at it going, it's a hard, hard sell for it. It's, it's, it's well, it's not big shoes to fill, it's wee brogues <laughs> to fill, but it's going to be a tough sell. You'll obviously get a manager, but I'm like Stephen, I, I thought they'd probably try and ride it out and see if they could Do get you, them back on board. See, the I just is, don't know who takes over the, now. The thing about it is, it, <clears throat> I kind of had the vibe that he was there, Ronnie Dyler. That's kind of how I felt about it, but I think. You know, it, it, as you say, he was a title winner manager when he came here, he's got a degree of pedigree. 
Giovanni and the problem is the players are basically chucked it. You can tell yeah, just by watching yeah, yeah. Rangers, the players have chucked it. They're rotten and they're recruitment going th- is dismal as well. Dismal, absolutely absolutely dismal, appalling, and they're going through kind of what we went through with the ten in season. A whole bunch of players that don't want to be here, right? But the difference is, they're all going at the end of the season. Aye, so aye. Giovanni is in a Giovanni is actually in a strong position as far as his squad goes. He could say at the board, look. Well, these dicks are leaving at the end of the year anyway. See? Let me bring in guys that are actually going to play. But, and that's that's one thing I'm just, before I let me finish this point, Mill, that's one thing that makes me feel good because they've got, I am starting to strongly suspect they've got no idea what they're doing over there. Since mm-hmm. that new regime came in, they had a few hits, right? They've had a few hits transfer-wise and they've made some money transfer-wise, but their managers have been rotten. Steven Gerrard would flicked it with the COVID Cup. Recruitment has been rotten. Ross Wilson who was the, the, the next saviour. the next big thing, the saviour. They're all after him now. You're looking at that going, it's it's a bit Emperor's new clothes. Do you know what I mean? They all managed to they, they managed to stick it all together but the Apollo 13 Rangers <laughs> for the COVID Cup just to get it back down to earth. But it's off fonty bits now. Yeah, and when you look at Van Brockhurst, you're you're thinking, well, right, okay, see if like rain all these players are going to leave and that's it. But as a manager of not of Big repute not go out in the summer there and tell them all to go. Yeah. And then get it on board. Is that not what happens? Because after that final, you kind of felt, right, this is the end of the road for this team. But we've seen it so many times. If you try and kick the arse out another season for them, Celtic have done it so many times like under Mark O'Neill, under Gordon Strachan. Just that last season where it just feels, nah, that was over last season. We needed to bring new players in. Celtic have done it so many times. And look, Scottish football fails to learn from itself all the time and this is an tale of it. They're letting Roadman Kent and Alfredo Morelos <laughs> decide decide which manager they're playing for. It's class, it's oh, great. They're, they're the good example because I've said before that I think if Giovanni van Bronckhorst had anything about him whatsoever he would have been in after they, they lost the Europa League final he would have been in and said, look, I want rid of all these guys. See these guys that have been mm. here far too long. Rogers that I got a go. Like Neil Lennon did, except I, the board told Neil Lennon no. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, if if he had anything about him, especially after Morelos came back and get binned off the, the pre-season tour or something, mm. was it? He was, he was too fat to travel. <laughs> <laughs> so, over his cabin weight allowance. But, uh, if he had anything about him, he would have demanded that those guys are sold. Look, I need, I need new players. Get these sort of you know, ostensibly sellable assets yeah. at that point they probably would have been but now that they're into the last year of the contract they're worth absolutely nothing given the, the performances they've been putting if he'd anything about me would have demanded that but whether he did or not kind of doesn't matter he's he's gone now but the how they move from here now I don't know because they've done the easy but yeah. his position was untenable that it was inarguable that he had to go it was just a matter of when so they've done the easy bit the bit that no one can possibly argue with there's no Rangers fans out there left still saying oh no we should have stuck by him mm. unless it's just idiots in the press and all that who have probably who exist who have been pals with him so they've, they've done the easy bit now they, they go out and try and find a replacement and Melly's already said about how hard a sell it is I mean they will have some sort of weight the Rangers job uh, uh, possibly right but I mean they've managed to get Steven Gerrard and Giovanni mm. Van Bronckhorst that, those are those are names with weight. Whether mm. they're good managers or not, it's a, a different matter. But they now need to find uh, a replacement. And I'm already talking about this too much. But Kevin Thompson again. <laughs> Kevin, I need to listen. Kevin, to this. Uh, it's brilliant. Tom English was was the, the the guy on the other end of it. It sounded like a Zoom call the BBC have done mm. basically. So he was on the other end saying, "Look, any MD coming into that job." It's going to, like Gerard and like everyone else coming to Scottish football, they're going to want assurances of some sort of 
layered budget, right? They're going to want some sort of assurances of being able to turn around the squad and all that. And Kevin Thompson was like, nah, nah. See if you're coming into a job worrying about budget, it's not for you. It's not for you. It's not for you. fucking simp, Kevin, we get it. It's not for you. You're a Rangers man. As if Sean Dyche, right, or whoever they've been linked with as well, is just going to be on the end of the phone like... You had me at hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is the quintessential team you could be joining. Kevin, it's your agent on the phone. Uh, they've got the Rangers job for you, but they want you to shamefully eat dog food naked <laughs> in front of the whole Ibrooks crowd every day and soil yourself in lieu of payment. I'll take it. That's really what he's getting at there. You uh, look. We, I know look, we're laughing at the Rangers here, and it feels alright to be talking about them, but I do worry a wee bit that, that for some reason, unbeknownst to me, they're a draw. They got Steven Gerrard to come in. It's like they're a brand name. They're like one of these brand names that are slowly reduced. They're like, and, and quite ironically, actually, like a former big brand name that you can now only get in Sports Direct. Rangers are like <laughs> Slazinger or something. Lonsdale, you still see your dad cutting about Donny. Donny Slazinger shirt. I think there's a piece of class when hey, actually. Don't, don't slag your sponsors, get touched. <laughs> Donny. <laughs> so the, prob the problem is that they are a bit of a draw, and I don't think, like, people think, like, Sean Dyche and all that would be completely rich for Rangers. I tend to disagree. I don't think a, a manager that I think a manager that wants to rebuild his reputation within reason would probably try and come to Rangers. The problem is we're so strong and it's us forcing Rangers' hand because how many points are they behind right now? Nine points Nine. behind. There's yeah. still plenty of Glasgow derbies to play. Graham Soon has said it himself. It's one the one thing he did say. There's still plenty of football to play. We're only in November. And because we're so good, because we're so strong, they've shot the bed and been their manager before Christmas. Sean <laughs> Dyche, I, I don't think he's completely out of reach either, but it, my problem with his, was the idea that he'll just turn up and sign, oh, yeah. like, just sign with, with no idea of what they he's going to look have under the hood. It's ludicrous that any manager worth his salt is going to just turn up at a club. Oh, the Rangers, you say? Oh, <laughs> sign me up. I don't care what I've got to spend. To be fair to Sean Dyche, he is one salt of the earth but two he also likes money Aye. was there no <laughs> thing about Sean Dyche and his three grand coat at one point I'm pre pretty sure there was a story about right. the, uh, I'm sure it was might have even been Joey Barton or something that slagged him but Sean uh, it was Dyche John McGinn was it John McGinn oh, Aye. Aye. and I remember hearing the story about the coat he wears at the at the touchline is like three, some three grand not my favourite Sean Dyche story one is that he eats worms <laughs> on the training on the pitch as well but apparently he eats worms and two the story about how we went to the Grand Canyon, mm. saw it, and then just said, right, that's us, seen it now, let's go. There's <laughs> something out there about how we went with that a touch teammate. Heart, does it? <laughs> <laughs> he is the most Brexit manager oh, yeah. available, so in many ways he would suit them. Uh, uh, Warnock, Warnock's Warnock Brexit. Is uh, he's more retired, he's, he's he retired. retired, yeah. Okay, so. I think he kind of suits Rangers, like that defensive coach that's going mm. to staunch things up as well. So, like, there is that sort of slight worry that Rangers will go out and get a manager because, like, at one point we were worried who who are we going to get mm. in what are we going to do and then we went out and got a manager who is very good and turned everything around so it can happen but the point is Celtic have already got that manager so Rangers if they're looking at Kevin Musket and copying us like yeah. come on lads man there must be something else you you can do than just copy the ones across the street because we've, we've never really copied them Nah, never right. copying our homework. Um, third time mentioning Graham Soonest in the podcast <laughs> because he did get he did get through a lot. Did old Graham? Um, Celtic have had a couple of curious VAR decisions. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he, he wanted that, and I'm trying to think. I was racking my brain. Have we had any curious VAR decisions at all that have went in our way? No, no. I, don't, I can't <laughs> think of one. No, I usually can't. the law of averages would suggest. 
one or two. But I can't think of a single. It, it's almost like Graham Soonis doesn't watch Scottish football. He's just trying to bluff his way Aye. through these interviews. Is Graham Soonis out there giving interviews entirely on the strength of Motherwell having taken a throw in off Sead Hexabanovich's <laughs> head? Is is that the difference in the title race he's here? Definitely watched that game. Didn't oh, he? See, see Graham Soonis, right? Um, he he served a purpose on Sky. He is the kind of token as alongside Roy Keane, who mm. performs a similar role. Yeah. He's a bit younger. He's not quite as out of touch as Graham Soonis, right? He performed a sort of token. That's a phrase I've already used. Salt of the earth, right? I can a right proper football man role yes. within the Scottish um, the Sky rather uh, punditry team. The, the things he does on there, or did on there, uh, he's been sacked in case we haven't mentioned it yet. Um, mm. The things he did on there, they never go out of fashion because they can never really be argued with Graham Soon. Yeah. He'll say things like, win your battles, you yeah. need to be more aggressive. The things that aren't necessarily untrue, they'll never really be completely invalid. He gets away with that for decades on Sky, right? Yeah. Okay. But now he finds himself at a loose end. And I'd be astonished, as you've already said, if he watches any Scottish football nah. whatsoever. So he's just out there, quite literally, hashtag just saying stuff, just making things up to keep his name in the in the media. He has gone from being a reasonably well-respected sort of pundit to basically Charlie Nicholas overnight. Like yeah. Charlie Nicholas, who, again, just did the, exactly the same thing, came away from Sky thought, well, it was dead easy to talk about Scottish football. All you need to do is talk about Rangers, Celtic, referees, conspiracies, all that in your, in your set. But you, people see through that. We're not stupid, but you mm. can see through that in a second. And that's what Charlie Nicholas found himself coming a cropper with. And it's Graham Zunas is going down the exact same road. Embarrassing Zunas. It's a man's game. It is. It's a man's game and he's been absolutely binned off of it. Um, Celtic went all the way to Australia and didn't win a single game. <sighs> Should we Flop. be look, should we be yeah. looking for a new manager as well? <laughs> Maybe Graham can give us a few a few pointers. Oh, yeah, probably. A Kevin Thompson. <laughs> Stop talking about Kevin Thompson for the love of God. <laughs> I, 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 a miserable flop of a, a, an Australian tour. Angie's homecoming in the bin. Uh, yeah, we played. Two. I mean, to be fair, Angie wasn't happy after the Sydney game. No, 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 no not at all. I, th I think he said they were well off it. I ha haven't seen. The friendlies, I actually quite enjoyed the Everton game, if I'm yeah. honest. As far as friendlies go and as far as nil-nil friendlies go, you know, that's a tough that's a tough ask. You're, you're, don't really expect much of that because I tell, sure as shit didn't watch it live. It was on at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> here. So I watched it the following day, already knowing the score, and I think, well, this, this is really for work purposes there. Yes. I'm not going to watch this. So you think you go in thinking, right, nil-nil in a friendly, this is going to be hard work. But I, I found it actually quite entertaining overall. It was a... It was a decent hard-fought game. I thought Celtic were really good. Um, a, a couple of standout performances really put Everton under pressure. Everton had a few chances as well, but actually quite enjoyable. And I assume that, you know, judging by the crowd there as well, pretty strong turnouts for both teams, it looked like. It looked like a fairly enjoyable spectacle, didn't there? Yeah, I thought uh, the Everton game, I was more interested to see that because yeah. as a Premier League team, albeit they're not doing too well they're now, and, but you want to see, like, right, okay, we know what Celtic can do in the Champions League level and we're a wee bit off that now, but we are improving. But how can they get on against these sort of Midland Premier League teams, Midland to lower Premier League teams? And Everton sat in because Celtic controlled the possession yeah. most of the time and went and played our game again. And you're like, that. Right, this is good because again, like the Champions League, we didn't sacrifice anything. We went out there and played our game and probably should have won it on the chances created, but again, missed them. But it's just satisfying to see like, 
your team are going up against a team that's every single player is worth more than your player. Every single player is paid much more than your player. Playing a better league, yet the sum of our parts is better than theirs, really. We mm. went out and played better football than them. And that's all we can really ask. Now, as a friendly, it's not as if we can judge it all on that. But I think Celtic came across really well in that game. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's never too early to play holiday music and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or the friend in your pants, you can make this season jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favour and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products that have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack. <laughs> And so should you. Look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and use the code TIMS for free shipping and 20% off, Stephen. That's right, Jamie. Now that you've groomed your candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Package's shower products. All of Manscaped's shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop at the shower. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant mm. and Crop Reviver Ball Toner, yep, can solve stank problems oh. all day long. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. Wonderful. Uh, get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code TIMS. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. I just want to offer an apology to um, the people of Australia, not on behalf of ourselves in this podcast, but on behalf of the Scottish football media and the wider Scottish football media, because... Again, I was reminded when I saw the stadiums and the operation yeah. and the production value and the cameras and the TV screens, screens and the lit and the lights and the the 
Hollywood and the interviews and the the punditry and every aspect of of Australian football and Australian football production, I was once again reminded, Stephen, how when Ange Postacoglu came over here, it. we were treated, he was treated as though Australia was the backwater, when in actual fact, we on this podcast very well knew that we <laughs> are, the, are the backwater when it comes to football. And, you know, for a, a relatively new slash, air quotes here, not football country, those that stadium, was it the, all the same stadium? Yeah, it was It was definitely the same stadium both games were played in. Oh, I'm no. not sure. Um, I'm, no, I'm not sure. Not. The, the, the one they had the Everton game the, played I'm in. Referring to the Everton yeah, one. Yeah, it's in Sydney, wasn't it? Um, oh, we're both in Sydney. <laughs> With it being the Sydney Cup. Yes, that's yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that looked great. That looked great. I, I, had, I looked at that stadium and I thought, compare that to Hamden. I know. Hamden, which is <laughs> a national. <laughs> Hamden is a shit tip. We're supposed to be like. The, oh, we kind of lay claim kind of have to invent in football and we take ourselves so seriously and we've got committees and blazers and ties <laughs> and fucking secret societies and handshakes and dinners and loving cups and everything <laughs> going back hundreds of years. And then you've got Australia. Who, who, so Australia have got rugby, cricket, cricket. Aussie rules yep. and... Um, Neighbours. <laughs> and so football is soccer. Football is probably their fourth most popular sport. And look at the, look at the money that's in it. And, and Ange comes over here, king of Australian football, and we are looking at the guy going, um, remember the questions he used to get asked? Aye, aye. Remember what, th- well, how does it feel to be involved in real football for a change, <laughs> especially, was the gist of it anyway? I know, I mean, I'm glad that he actually makes reference to that now, not directly, but he makes sly little digs now mm. here and there about how much of a backwater Australia is and how... The patronising questions he was asked when he came here, it's shameful looking back. We should actually just actually look back properly at we, some of the questions we he got. Should, we should, we greasy hacks getting <laughs> the bus up to Celtic Park, <laughs> smelling like tramps, asking Ange, <laughs> asking Ange, who looks fabulous, just stepped off a private jet from Australia. Um, so is it going to be a bit of a culture shock playing here? Fucking What? So that's that's what I was reminded of when I watched Australian football, uh, the home of Australian football, Sydney football. One way to look at these friendlies is uh, a complete waste of time. Um, glamour, marketing, waste of time, blah, 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 blah. Another way to look at it is, and I suspect this is the way Stephen Melly, the players, will be looking at it, is there's some names there thinking, I can't get close to Ange Postacoglu's team. Um, and this is one of very few opportunities I'm going to get to show the manager what I can actually bring. I'm thinking about Stephen Welsh. I'm thinking about Abeldgaard, mind him. Izaguchi. Uh, yeah. another, an, another one. There's there's players dotted about there. And then there were some youth players as well that, that made appearances. Some some Celtic B players made appearances. So it's not, you know, it might be a, a bit of a jolly from the fans' perspective and all that. But for the players' perspective, Melly, there'll be some names there, some boys in that team that wanted to make an impression. Do you think any of them managed it though? Yeah, well, there definitely will be players that wanted to, and we, we've seen that in the past. Remember, Der- Derek Boyata came back from the winter break and got himself into Brendan Rodgers' team, and it's a chance to be sort of taking out the, the environment you're in and go and train somewhere else, the sun and all that, and maybe the manager or the coaches see something in you. And, but uh, again, with Celtic and those guys like Idiguchi, Abelgard, maybe even Welsh, I just didn't see it. It seemed mm. to be the usual players who did well. I don't think MD really done terribly, but it's kind of difficult just coming into these games. But it's a friendly game against Sydney, who you probably should feel better than. And 
I don't think MD really grasped that chance. It, it is difficult, but this is your chance because Celtic don't have European football after Christmas, so it's just going to be the Scottish Cup, the League Cup and the league they're going for. So I doubt there'll be too much rotation going about, maybe bits here and there, but maybe seeing six, seven changes like we've seen after the Champions League game, I'm not sure that's going to happen too much anymore. Mm. So for these guys to get in, especially with... I'm more looking at the two midfielders because the centre-halves maybe will get injuries here or there and Welsh has come in and done well or he's come in and not had the best of game but I said they got Chain Abelgard I'm really looking mm. at and with Callum McGregor coming back Matt O'Reilly Rio Hatate, Turnbull all ahead of them even Adam Moy at the World Cup I just don't see I didn't see them putting in a stake for a place Those two guys are the prime examples here of this because I refuse to believe that, that it, it's a waste of time for any of the players really but for, particularly for those guys mm. because they, they must be at a club like Celtic I don't think there's any such thing as a waste of time even in friendlies no. I, I just don't think that's the case particularly Tony Ralston said as much after he, it, he, he did yeah to, to his credit he did um, he said it doesn't matter if it's a friendly it doesn't matter what competition it's in that, you know, if you're not at it it's not good enough at a club like Celtic right but in those those two guys case particular they can be hammering away in, in training, right? And can they get near the team? That we've got to assume they are. We've got to assume they're working really hard, showing what they've got in training. And well, this friendly might not present much of an opportunity to show what they've got to the manager, because the manager will be already aware of largely what they've got. But a, a friendly is a decent opportunity to show a bit different. But it's for for the fans as well. Mm. We don't see these guys, so we're we're looking, we're watching a game like that thinking, aye, it's only a friendly, but what have you got? Eddie Gucci's barely played. He's yeah. been here, what? A year A, a year now. No, nearly a year. It's been unfortunate for him. He has probably equal parts, been unlucky with injury and also just nowhere near the team nah. due to the form of other players. Or maybe he's just no got it. I don't know, but I'm looking at guys like that and I'm looking at Abelgard who maybe we read a wee bit too much in his case. Maybe he was, it's only a loan after all. Maybe yeah. he was just brought here just in case. Maybe yeah. it may, may have just been brought in. Look, this guy's available. The situation in Russia being what it is, maybe we can just bring him in, see what he's got for half a season and, you know, if it, mm. there's no, oh, well, a full season, but after the World Cup and all that. If he's not got it, no harm done. So that, that might just be what his position in the squad is and we're all just kind of looking too much into it. Fancy Danish name and all that. And we're thinking, oh, he'll be good. He'll step in. Yeah. Callum McGregor says, maybe he was just brought in as a supplement to that, that position. The Gucci's still got a career to fight for here, surely. Unless it's totally done. Unless it's totally done behind the scenes, I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to be too harsh on him. I don't I don't think he was absolutely awful in the friendlies or anything like that. But again, I'm just I'm coming away thinking, just want to see something from yeah, him. Yeah. I, just purely from a a selfish fan's perspective, I don't I don't like letting go of players. I don't like relinquishing control or let the, the use of these players before I'm sure yeah. if I've not had a chance <laughs> yeah. to see it and yeah. I think everybody's in the same position I think that's where the whole run of games belief comes mm. from if a if a player gets let go without having had that so-called run of games quite often it's because we didn't get to see it it's not because it, the, the manager simply couldn't make his mind up about him the so. Gucci one is peculiar doesn't it because he was I mean you could for all intents and purposes say he was handpicked by Ange Postacoglu yeah, to come yeah. here. Uh -huh. it's not like He's like one of these players who have maybe monitored for a while, like Matt O'Reilly, who, who comes in and he's excellent. He's part of the whole the wider scouting thing. It seems like Ange handpicked Adeguchi to come here. We had him scouted at the time as part of the Patreon scouting that we do, and the scout at that time, Blair, said, mm, you know, this guy might... He's kind of, I think Blair nailed it. He might have yeah. said, I think this guy might fail to make an impact. I yeah. don't really see yeah. what, what, what he's brought over here. And 
Although the Gucci's been unlucky with injuries, Melly. You're kind of like, if, you know, not to disappoint Stephen, but if you let him go in January, he'd be like, ah, it's probably just let him back in at the wild, just sort of put him back in, you know, <laughs> yeah. let, him, let him go back to Japan or, or whatever, because he's no really, if he's no made an impact by now, and we are got much better players already and probably looking to strengthen, I just do not see, I don't foresee a situation where Idiguchi's playing any football for Celtic. No, and in the time Idiguchi's been here, Celtic have brought in multiple players. Abelgaard being one of them. Yeah, yeah we've brought in Abelgaard, we've brought in Moy, Cal McGregor's played mm-hmm. there, even Matt O'Reilly's played there, James McCarthy's played there, so you're looking at, right, where does he fit in? And it's kind of becoming quite clear he doesn't. And, it's a it's a tough one because he probably will leave and the supporters like myself and you, Stephen, like will go, Was he good? Mm. Was he good enough? But as you always say, Jamie, training is your run of games. You earn your place by training yeah. and winning your place in the team. And while he did have injuries last season, he's been available all of this season and he's barely even made the bench most of the time unless we've had a massive injury. So it's just one of those ones in football, like not all of them work out and we've had ones like that. Like last season we were short on numbers so we had to bring in players sort of short term. I'm thinking uh, Liam Scales, maybe, mm. all right, he's available, let's get him in and then we can bring in better. So I think Edigucci was brought in, maybe an eye on it, but again, he's playing in the position where Celtic's captain, Cal McGregor plays and when he's out injured, Matt O'Reilly goes in there and excels as well so it's been very difficult for him but I just don't see a way back for him to be honest he's been he's gone through a couple of different phases within this Celtic squad and none of them have led anywhere he's gone down two blind alleys with it as far as I can see because he did come in and everyone just assumed he was that kind of number six thing because that's I think yeah. that's kind of what the, what the scouting turned up and mm. that's what he's accustomed to but in a couple of friendlies I think just in the the summer there, he played a more advanced role. And I I remember everyone was kind of like, oh, we've kind of completely misread this situation. He's actually a more advanced midfielder. But then nothing's happened there either. Nothing's happened. So, and of course, what happens is the squad moves on, the squad evolves. Aaron Moy comes in, David Turnbull is back in favour now as well. So there's no no route for him into this team that I can see at all. So it's just, I can't... The thing is, happens all the time. Happens all the time. Players come in, they move on, they're not quite good enough and, and we... It's it's disappointing. We've maybe focused a little bit too much on it. Maybe certainly from my own perspective, I think because he came in in that glut of Japanese players right. who've all been good, who've yep. all to varying degrees have all contributed massively, and he's just that one outlier who hasn't done a thing, and that's what makes it just that little bit more disappointing. So we learned that the Gucci probably doesn't have a future uh, in uh, the Celtic team. We've also learned that we should stop Yakimakis taking the penalty <laughs> kicks because Never that again, was man. absolutely awful. I think Melly, you said before we turned the mics on, he's missed three out of his last four. Yep, and I was reminded of something that we've spoken about on this podcast previously. Um, where it's we've kind of made comment and maybe in ourselves Steve we've made comment to the fact that Yakimakis is better off at instinct if he has time to think about yeah, what yeah. he wants to do we've said about Barrett but we've definitely said about him and I think that's maybe why he's so bad at pains because he just has to he just gets so anxious he just his he head was good before he came it was yeah. he scored nine I think that that weird season where he had of course, out of the aye. blue in the Netherlands he had he just exploded onto the scene all of a sudden after five or six seasons mm. of absolutely nothing across Greece and in the Netherlands but there was nine penalties in that, yeah. which well, also it, raised... Well, I, how many did he hit, though? He could have <laughs> he, he had 40, and he only scored That's nine. True. <laughs> uh, so, oh, oh, dreadful, absolutely terrible penalty. I don't know I don't know what's I don't know what's getting them this season with the penalties. Um, it's because we're not practising them enough. We need, we need a penalty see, coach. Did you see that Harry Kiel miss? <laughs> oh, the, aye. I've the, never seen a penalty like it. Because I, I googled 
as soon as that happened, I was obviously thinking of a joke, right? Yeah. So I just banter. No, because that's what we do. We're, yeah. we're, this is a patter-based podcast. So <laughs> I googled Harry Kiel penalty miss, and it was just I, I, my eyes lit up. It was a gold mine. It was just this. That's that penalty miss was just like, is this the worst penalty miss in history of football? <laughs> Football's worst ever penalty miss, and I viewed it, and it was a, it was the worst I've ever seen. I think it's the only penalty I've ever seen where the taker shoots downwards. You know, usually you, you shoot at the goals, but mm. he shot downwards. He shot straight into the ground and it just sort of screwed wide past the post. If you've not seen it, you can Google it or retweeted it. It's appalling. Um, <laughs> but some of the chat following the Australia thing related to Yakimakis and Kyogo was, you know, more missed chances, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care about that so much. But what I do care about is the talking point that was raised about potentially Celtic needing another striker, Melly. Now, you two, before we turn the mics on, Stephen said yes, Melly said no. So let's hear it, Melly. Don't think we need another striker. Uh, well, I always feel you can go out there and improve, but like, if Celtic could get a better player than the two we've got, fine. But mm. are we going to get much better than these two guys? I think they're really good. They are fan favourites as well. And I think Stephen said it's nice to have a third choice one. But aye, it is. But well, it's a hard sell to people. We've we've brought in young guys like was it Johnny Kenny. Uh, Joey Dawson and all that and they just go to the B team and don't play for Celtic unless we get COVID like it was uh, Boxing Day wasn't it and if you're bringing in another striker it's a difficult sell for somebody come in and play behind two guys who are probably maybe 20 goal a season strikers if they stay injury free with Celtic not being in Europe next season and uh, next year even uh, well the second half of the yeah. year, sorry. Uh, second half of the year, Stephen, correct me, please. <laughs> the second half of the season. Do you need the, a wee refresher on how the calendar works? <laughs> yeah, and you season, want to take, please. You want to take, you want to take a minute? <laughs> so, in the second half of the season, Celtic have only got domestic duties to contend with, so they're not going to have those European games. So, I think I think we can be fine with these two. We've also got Maeda, who's played up front. We've got Abada, who can play up front. And we've got Rocco Vata coming through all these guys. So, I, I don't think it's essential right now. Come the summer, if the problem's there, yes, possibly. But I think uh, if we're going out to get better on them, we'll be doing a very good job. Well, yeah, for clarity, mm. my 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 comment on that wanting a third striker was entirely within the context of the prevailing winds out there that people see a few sitters missed. And it has been a theme of this season. Now, look at all the chances we're creating and we're missing sitters. Kyogo's culpable, Abada's always guilty, right? That that has become a bit of a a bit of a thing out there. It's been a bit of a theme of the season is the missed chances. So my comment was that people immediately looked that we need another striker in. And I think, oh yeah, cool. Uh, again, I, I broadly agree with basically everything Melly said. They've seen go out and get an absolutely top class striker. Yeah, totally. Mm. But I don't see what what problems that would solve because what did we do with Kyogo? We went out and got a guy who'd scored goals elsewhere. We've got, he's a guy who has already scored a lot of goals in Scotland. But where where do you find this this guy who may or may not exist? So then, if Lee he's Griffith. yeah, of course. Well, he's so, at Sturm Graz, isn't yeah. he? So so if, <laughs> <laughs> he scored, I think, three goals this season in nine games, nine league games. Forgot all about. Him. Fantastic. If he's the guy, if 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 striker X is the guy who comes in to he sounds pretty good he <laughs> does doesn't he he sounds pretty sexy when I've said that mysterious striker X if he's the guy who comes in and he is the one who finishes chances that means Kyogo never plays again because if you play Kyogo the same the same problems will still exist oh he's missed another chance striker X should have been playing so I again I'm obviously being silly I just don't think that I don't know if there's any due diligence we can do out there that's going to guarantee you uh 
goal-getting striker that we yeah. haven't already done with Kyogo. Kyogo's one of the best strikers we've had in decades, mm. right? certainly in the conversation to be not compared to Larson, but the best since Larson. He's in the conversation for that. So if, if every time he misses a chance, we're like, oh no, we need to get another striker. I just... I don't know. I think it's a bit of a stretch, to be honest. Could we have? Could we use a third one? But I think if you add a third one to the pool of Kyogo and Yakimakis, he's either got to be demonstrably much better than the two of them, mm -hmm. which he can't do. He can't go out and do that for any less than silly money. The budgets that Celtic shop for strikers in, that guy simply doesn't exist unless he absolutely win the lottery. Or he's got to be like an 18-year-old for Man City or something like that. I think those are the two options if you're going to strengthen that position. Wait, I say it would be remiss of us actually to do the podcast on a day like today and not to mention the fact and not hand out a couple of happy birthdays to Rio Hitati and Matt O'Reilly, both who have their birthday on the same day. Rio's what, 25 yep. and Matt O'Reilly's 23, two. 22? I have absolutely no idea and I don't I don't follow any of these guys on social media or anything like that, mm. but I'd love to believe, so don't ruin it for me, I'd love to believe that they're spending it together. Oh, that'd be cute, <laughs> wouldn't it? That would be, that'd be great. Um, Rio Tati was good again in Australia and I think we're getting to the point where he needs to stop being quite so good. Yeah, yeah. Aye. tone that down, mate. Aye, yeah. he was fantastic against It's only a friendly, mate. Stop having every moment to buy you. Uh, yeah, I think that's... He, he was fantastic and again, it's all it's all in the it's all in the context that it is a friendly, of course, but as we've just said with those other guys, right, see if you're playing a friendly that people may accuse of being a waste of time, may as well play brilliantly rather yep, than yes. badly. I mean, if those are the two options, Rio Hitati certainly did the, that that one. He he was absolutely excellent. Didn't look out of place with, again, Everton aren't any great shakes, but they've got good players in there. That Gordon is a really good player. He's been linked with moves for like 60 million and things like that. Rio Hitati completely outshone him in my mm. opinion. So I, I, I thought he had a great game and just getting better and better all the time. Yeah, it's ridiculous to think this time last year we didn't know who these two, two guys were <laughs> yeah. and now they're in our midfield and we just don't think about it anymore and we just appreciate them every single day. I think that's what we need to do now is just appreciate these guys. Real Hitati, 25, probably older than a lot of people think. Matt O'Reilly, just enjoy the guy because mm -hmm. it could be a, a short spell we have him but what what a couple of players we've got and add Cal McGregor back into that I uh, come this Restart. Yeah, he was training for just Celtic. for Australia, wasn't yeah. he? There was pictures of him training. Did you? I really did like some Rangers fan put up on Twitter. He goes, "This is the difference between us and them." There's a picture of like Celtic training for their trip to Australia, and there's a picture of Morelos on the Morelos on the beach, dressed like an <laughs> absolute imbecile. Oh, the sunglasses. Oh, I <laughs> there's uh, like Bret Hart. They're gonna wrap, <laughs> wrap around visor sunglasses. Absolutely ridiculous. They could have been there if they wanted to, couldn't yeah. they, lads? But well, they chose it. it. Well, that would have been an opportunity for Gio to save his job. Could have got some points against us, not points that he can't. <laughs> bring home no. uh, Rangers could have balanced the books got some money but instead they cut their nose off despite their face <laughs> <laughs> and on that seems like a good place to wrap up yeah well happy birthday jointly to the beating heart of this Celtic mm. team the pair of them have been absolutely fantastic and uh, many happy returns to the both of them because they've been the absolute engine the driving force of this team this season nice about if a few of the players are away on another wee holiday themselves and then I think and said the players go to Portugal alright innit that's not so bad, but do you know who's not going holiday? Us. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. The content is not stopping. Um, we're going to keep doing flagship podcasts throughout the World Cup, even though Celtic are not playing. It's just some World Cup filler. <laughs> Creatively, <laughs> we are forced. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just doing some World Cup filler. The flagships will continue 
over the World Cup. They're going to be audio only, so uh, no YouTube videos, uh, Just but we will put the audio on YouTube there. The Patreon stuff will continue. We have a fantasy football competition running for patrons. Um, you might be a bit late to get involved. You're unlikely to win it if you're joining it at this stage, but there are hospitality tickets up for grabs. So yes. if you're a bit of a whiz with the fantasy football, get yourself involved. But most of all, thank you for listening. 